the Ghost Goal Podcast. We've got another bombshell of an update coming out of West London as the UK government have sanctioned Roman Abramovich and seized his assets in the United Kingdom, leaving Chelsea with just a lone license to practice as a football club for the remainder of the season, but a whole lot of questionable factors up in the air. That doesn't include all of the football chat that we've got to preview this weekend. There's still games coming thick and fast, including a big Arsenal-Liverpool fixture next week on Wednesday in the middle of the week. Javier? How are you doing, man? Should mention it's a Ghost Goal podcast, episode three forty-eight. You uh, optimistic going into a weekend where you'll host both Leicester and Liverpool? Doing well. Um, feeling a little nervous, yeah, about these next three fixtures we have: home Leicester, home Liverpool, and then away Aston Villa. So Villa just put on the the skids these last couple of games with a four nil and three nil win. So a little bit scared. See, I wouldn't be scared. You've been very confident in your team recently, uh, and I don't see any reason for you to, you know, have be shaken in that confidence. Uh, also, with that Aston Villa uh, away trip, I should mention that's like more than a week away. And the main theme of the pod this uh, these last couple of weeks has been that a lot can change in a week. Take it from me, a Chelsea fan, uh, where you know the last like three episodes we've done, it's just been you know turmoil up in the air but also great performances in the games despite the turmoil off the field so you never know Aston Villa they may be on a good run of form but now but you know in the next week or so they may have a Coutinho injury or something and all of a sudden you guys win that one so you know, I, I can't believe you're more scared of that one than you are this uh this no, Liverpool game no, coming up I'm, next week but we'll I'm, we'll I'm, get to that one in a bit yeah we'll get to that one I was about to say we're, we're going out of order here but yeah. No. I mean, I mean uh, well, I guess we'll give. I'm we excited. With Liverpool. I'm excited to, to to see a lot of a lot of footy this weekend. A lot of double game weeks. At least I get to see Arsenal twice. I I don't really get to see Arsenal play twice in a week. It's been a long time. You know, not, we're not in many competitions, Alex. Oh, I know. I've made fun of you many times for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll we'll get to Arsenal in a, in a little bit. Just wanted to gauge how confident you were, uh, but. Might as well jump right into. By the way, we're not going to do the Chelsea stuff right off the bat again this week. I don't want this to seem like you know Chelsea update every single week, regardless of how ridiculous the news might be. But we'll get to it in a second. But let's start real quick with uh, the Saturday seven thirty a.m. game, Brighton Liverpool. Brighton are on a pretty bad run of results at the moment. Do we think there's any chance they're able to you know even nick a draw against Liverpool? No, I mean I I feel like they haven't been very good. I feel like they've been better away from home than they have been at home. I know they've gotten a lot of draws at home. and Well, I mean, Brighton have lost their last four overall. Yeah. Uh, they've Ugh. lost to Aston Villa at home 2-0 uh, before this uh, most recent Newcastle loss away. And then they lost to Burnley at home 3-0. Yeah, they've been they've been trash at home this season. I like I, It feels like, I don't know, their fans get them a little bit nervous or their possession game... If when it doesn't result in chances, it can it can get you know the the fans can get frustrated, or it results in chances, but they miss a bunch of those chances. But yeah, I, I don't really give them give them a chance here. I'm gonna say two nil Liverpool. I think Liverpool play like a, a not a full team here because they just had a pretty grueling Champions League with uh, Inter Milan where they had to you know 
a little bit hold on yeah, at the they, end there. They can't afford any slip ups. You know, they're still yeah, they what like right. six points behind. Uh, yeah, six points behind Manchester City. They have a game in hand on on City, but you know it's st- still six points nonetheless. Uh, so I don't think they'll slip up either. Uh, but I'm also not of the mind that Brighton are you know terrible. I think they they they've usually been closer to a relegation fight than most people recognize the last couple of years. And like, this is the first season where they've like truly had like a mainly good season without any really terrible runs of form up until now. So they were, they were just behind wolves a couple of weeks ago. And I was making jokes about them being like three points off of Arsenal and maybe in, you know, the discussion for Europe. And then once they, once they realized, once they realized they were like pretty much safe, they did that mid table thing that like Southampton are kind of doing right now where, you know, their season, they're safe. There's no jeopardy of them getting relegated. Now their form's going to dip a little bit. Uh, Yeah. But that being said, I think they get a goal and I'll say Liverpool three, one, but the arguably the biggest game of the weekend uh, is uh, Brentford versus Burnley Saturday at 10 AM, a relegation six pointer. Uh, Brentford did get a really big win over Norwich last weekend at, at Carrow Road uh, to give themselves a bit of breath- breathing room. But uh, Burnley are, you know, they're getting a little bit desperate now and they're going to be going to Brentford absolutely desperate for a win. Brentford are in 15th on 27 points and Burnley are, you know, the highest relegation or team currently in the relegation zone in 18th on 21 yeah, and they, points. They have, they have a couple games in hand on teams like Brentford and Leeds, so... Yeah, this is a massive game. Six points between Burnley and Brentford, two games in hand. I mean, this is the type of game where if Brentford win this, it's probably going to be hard for them to get relegated. But if they just... Even a draw would not be a great result, but it would be okay probably, but not a great result. But a Burnley win would be disastrous here. I mean, even Tony just got a hat trick... Yeah, Brentford look like they're 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 finally getting their like strongest lineup back again for the first time since way earlier in the season. And add to that that Eriksson is starting for them now. At least he started that that game at Norwich. You know that they have a lineup that can. You know, Tony's been out for the past month basically with an injury. Uh, now he's back starting again. Eriksson's in the midfield. Uh, David Raya is back in goal, and you know they're not great defensively anymore like they were at the beginning of the season. But you know it's still better than. Uh, what's his name? Alvaro Fernandez was just an absolute nightmare in goal for the, the the couple of months that David Raya was out. So they're starting to work their way back to their strongest team, and you know the Norwich result will give them uh, will give Brentford a lot of confidence. And being at home, I think they I think they nicked this two one. I was about to say Burnley's yeah, I think Burnley's I, dip I has been Brent, a bit boring. Uh, yeah, yeah, it has been. I mean, they they lost four nil to Chelsea and just really collapsed in that second half. You know, but Chelsea were they, really good. It was but, immediate. It was yeah. it was two very different halves. The entire first half, they were amazing defensively, and then the first ten minutes of the second half, we we could basically walk the ball into the goal like like most times you went down the field. So, I mean, I know we're Chelsea are a bit have a bit more quality than Brentford, but that home boost that Brentford will get, I think, will push them over the line. What was your pick? Did you say two one also? Yeah, two one. I think two one Brentford too. Okay, let's move on to the third and final game of the Saturday slate of games. Manchester United hosting Tottenham, Saturday at 12.30 p.m. Not as much hype around this one as you would usually think. It kind of seems like it's supposed to be the marquee matchup of the weekend. 
I mean, I'm I, I would say like it's still a, a huge one-one. game. It's still a huge, it, it huge is, game. It is a huge game. They're, they're both teams going for top four. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the winner of this is going to be the clear, probably second to Arsenal competing for that third spot. I don't think there's going to be three teams till the end. I, that fourth spot. Yeah, for the here. fourth spot. Oh, I, I kind of think West like Ham and... What did I say? Third spot? Yeah, you said that third spot. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we are coming like, for that oh, yeah, third Arsenal spot, Arsenal going Alex, for that but, third uh, spot. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I didn't know, you know, if that's what we are going for here, Alex. You know, we do have two games in hand on you. We win both yeah, of those. Yeah, I mean, we'll, two points we'll behind to, you, Alex. We'll get to us in a second, Javier. But yeah, if we go into administration and get that automatic Ooh, nine-point deduction, then yeah, yeah, you could get third spot that way. <laughs> Can you imagine if not, you no, still get top third. four if you uh, if you get nine-point uh, points reduction? I mean, it wouldn't be impossible, but it would be difficult for sure. But um, well, again, but no, okay, we'll get to that in game, a second. Yeah, I I don't know. Does it, it kind of feels like Tottenham have rounded a corner a little bit. Back to back results. Cor- in is the that pre- corner that they got to play Everton at home? And leads away and they scored nine goals and conceded zero. It's been a while since yeah, we've I mean, seen Tottenham even score Man United four scored goals a bunch of goals against Leeds. Goals. Yeah, but I, just, I haven't seen Tottenham score that many goals in a long time. And then at the same time, it feels like Manchester United's form has dipped a little bit. Draw against Watford, losing against City 4-1 in the fashion that they lost. And what I mean by that is in that second half, they had three touches in the opposition box, zero shots on target. They did nothing. They, uh, They were completely useless in that second half. And for a team that wants to be playing in the Champions League, like there was just such a giant gulf. Um, between City and Manchester United, and it was an absolute destruction in that second half, just to the point that, I mean, if you're a United fan, I don't know how you can see hope for your team to catch up to your noisy neighbors if you, that you were calling them a few years ago. I mean, they're they're just so much farther ahead than you. Um, you know, by this point in the season, you would think Manchester United would have put up so much better of a fight. It looked like the Arsenal performance against City the second game of the season when we lost 5-0. It looked like that, like we like that's how bad the the, the Manchester United performed. Like they could have lost seven, eight nil. I mean, De Gea was made a bunch of saves. Like, yeah, the defending and that was awful. Oh, just so bad. Maguire, like, I, I don't know how he started for this game, but again, every time that that guy plays for Manchester United, I fear for them because he makes just he's he's Mustafi level, David Luiz level. I mean, he's just call it what you want. He just makes so many errors. He allows goals to go in. He's puts his hands up calling for offside. He flops over when he's a giant you know, behemoth of a man. He throws himself over with small people touch him. You know, it, it's it's ridiculous. Manchester United need to stop playing that guy. They don't have a choice. Varane Play and Luke Lindelof, Shaw last... Lindelof, Varane, and then... Uh, where is where's Tuan Zebe? Like, they shouldn't be playing Well, him. I was about to say, Varane is out with COVID, so is Luke Shaw. Uh, they may be back for this weekend, but, you know, they got COVID, I think, last... Like, just before the, the City game. Just before last weekend. So, I think they're still going to be out. Uh, Ronaldo is still, like, a 50% chance of playing. I I, I get what you mean, I just still I'm I can't I just still don't trust Tottenham. Like these are two teams that I think still have bad defenses and United's best players, Manchester United's best players usually show up more so against Tottenham than vice versa. I remember the 6-1 or whatever it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was a big result for Tottenham, but at Old Trafford with the fans in I I I think United 
I, I can't trust either of these teams. You know what? I'm going for a 2-2. Bunch of defensive mistakes and teams leave all square, which frankly, I think will kind of suit Tottenham at this point. Yeah, because you know, they have two games in hand too. on Manchester United. Yeah, I would love that too. So I wouldn't mind a draw in this game. But sadly, I think Tottenham are going to win it. I'm not... Uh, I'm a little bit scared. It's not, it's not because... I know they've been erratic and they had that lost streak. It's what Harry Kane's doing right now that's that's a little bit frightening because the man's basically playing a number at number ten right now and scoring braces while providing loads of assists and and being a a, a prime creator for that team. And if he can play like that, and uh, it's really really been the, the rise of Kulishevsky. I, I was who, gonna say Kulishevsky. I think is the key player here. Well, I was gonna say like, the Kulish, having Kulishevsky and Son being able to just like run into the channels and Son and Kane being able to play long balls into them. Both of them seem to have you know have excellent close control. They're both very quick, um, and can either serve a ball back to Harry Kane for him to shoot, or you know beat a man and 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 cross it into the box or take a shot. I mean, it's just. That it's a much better dynamic than someone like Lucas Moura, who was extremely fast, is extremely fast, but doesn't really have that same type of link up or or threat on the ball. Well, the thing, that the thing I was going to say, the thing that I was going to say that sets Kulisevsky apart from players like Bergwijn and and Mora is that he is a uh, a forward in that front three who is actually comfortable playing as like a true winger. He's comfortable drifting out into wide areas and not necessarily, you know, cutting inside every single time. Son will usually like to be kind of like an inside forward rather than like a real winger. Same with Mora and Bergwijn. They're all looking to be like the second striker, you know, make those runs you were talking about. Kulosevsky can do that too, but he spent a bunch of time, you know, under Andrea Pirlo at Juventus playing as a wingback, like a true wingback. So he's far more comfortable like with the work rate that's required to work in those outside areas. And he's unselfish enough that he's willing to do all that stuff and leave the, the more central roles and positions to Kane and to Son and whoever else is playing. And, you know, throw in, he's got like a couple of pretty well taken goals over the last few weeks as well. So, uh, I mean, I think they score plenty, but I'm just going to I'm going to say 2-2. I'm on the fence on this one. What, what score were you going to put on it? I'm going to say 2-1 Tottenham. I don't wow, like it, okay. and I hate it because uh, it's going to mean that Tottenham is going to be the the main threat coming here. I, I I don't like it also because they don't have Europe anymore. They're out of the FA Cup. Like Tottenham don't only really have the Premier League now to focus on, right? So it's just it's going to be Arsenal and Tottenham. I think I think Manchester United are going to have too many distractions still, and all this stuff behind the scenes. What are they going to do with Ronaldo? You know, Cavani probably wants to leave. They don't have a midfield in a back line. It, it, United are in shambles. I'm not really scared of them. And I think that the shambles is, is going to lead to them barely, you know, struggling to even make that sixth spot. I think Wolves are still going to, like, come behind them and, and challenge them for that. So I have two on Tottenham here. Okay, moving on to Sunday. The Sunday is weirdly the stacked uh, day of this weekend. Only three games on Saturday. Sunday will have a full slate of 10 a.m. games. First up is two teams that, uh, off the field, you would think are uh, trending in very different directions. It's kind of strange to think of the the contrast between what's going on at Chelsea right now and what's going on at Newcastle when uh, Newcastle come to Stamford Bridge. First home game since 
all this news about, uh, you know, Roman selling the club and sanctions. Chelsea have had like three straight away games in different competitions over the last week or so. A, a, a League Cup final with Liverpool the weekend before that. So we've barely gotten to play at home over the last month. Uh, and this game, like I mentioned in the previews uh, earlier today, Thursday, there was uh, an announcement that Roman Abramovich had been sanctioned by the UK government had his assets frozen. Uh, technically, now the government has seized Chelsea Football Club. And, you know, there's no money from Roman Abramovich coming into the club at the moment. They, Chelsea have been given a special license that allows, like, the, the whole business end of the club to keep running, uh, even though it is still, like, viewed as a direct asset of Abramovich. But they basically, the government made this move to stop Roman Abramovich from... Uh, selling the club like he publicly stated he was intending to. They don't want any more money uh, going into the pockets of a Russian oligarch that could possibly fund, uh, you know, be taken by Putin and fund this war. So it's an understandable move, but it's uh, a frustrating one nonetheless. Uh, You just kind of wish that or hope that the government is able to identify and, you know, move the club into a different private owner's, you know, stewardship relatively soon. Because at this point, uh, as no one really knows, because we're not like fully in depth of all the finances of the club, no one knows like at what point it would happen where, you know, the club wouldn't be able to pay wages anymore. And, you know, it's already going to be. It's already kind of a bad situation. Like I can't get to every single detail of what this means for the club within this like forty-minute pod. But you know, Chelsea can't sign new players. We can't re-sign players like Rudiger and Christensen. Well, Christensen's gone, but and Aspilicueta, whose contracts are up at the end of the season, they, they can't do that because the club can't. The club can't even sell new tickets. Guess what? Alex? Season no one ticket holders. Fuck. You're going to bring back Colin yeah. Gallagher. You're going to bring back Ampadu. Yeah, Javier. You're I know. Bring back I know. Amanda Broya. What I'm just saying is, what I'm just saying is, it's a big move. Like for a club as at the the sort of upper echelons of like world football, like Chelsea, to be, you know, not like publicly publicly owned, basically at the moment is, it's weird. So it's you know the results are still I need to good. Find a good still, uh, violin solo still to play put, for you when you get, when you do these little segments on Chelsea. You know, I'm just I'm just, you know, I'm catching up anyone who's listening. You may have not caught the news. You know, not everyone's on, you know, Twitter and Reddit or whatever and seeing this stuff come in. It's fine. So, yeah, just throwing in as much like detail as I can. Uh, But I mean, that brings me to Newcastle, who obviously had a very high profile takeover by another dubious ownership group in the uh, the Saudi royal family back in December, was it or November? Uh, And I don't think they've lost a game in the Premier League since December 19th. They've had a lot of draws in the beginning there, but now over the last like few weeks, Eddie Howe has gotten this team into perfect form. They, they're beating teams like Southampton earlier today. They beat Brighton over last weekend. Uh, th- this is the first like you know really really big big game that they're going to have against like a top four side uh, over that period. But do you give them any chance of coming to the bridge and you know winning or getting a draw? I mean, we have to, right? I mean, they're on form, one of the best teams in the league. Uh, I think they're like unbeaten in, in, like you said, they're unbeaten in eight or nine games. I mean, they've won four out of their, five out of the last six games. They're 31 points now, and they were in the relegation zone in, in, in January. So, 
I don't know, very impressive for me from uh, Eddie Howe to, I mean, they did get some big signings, but even he was doing well with a lot of the players that were there already. So Eddie Howe definitely turned it around and it's going to be scary for a lot of people in the future now playing against this Newcastle team is only going to get better, right? Like Bruno, Bruno Guimaraes, I think he scored today. Um, Newcastle won again. Scored the winner, yeah. Yeah. Like that's just, ugh. Doesn't, doesn't, so it, doesn't I, it give you like I, a little bit of, I, of worry? No, I don't think it's going to be like, easy. I think guys, it's going to be like a really high scoring, tough game, but I think we're going to end up winning it 3-2 because Alan Maximan didn't play today because of illness. You know, who knows? He may be back for Sunday. That, that That's obviously like a big miss if he isn't. But even if they have their full first team playing, I think they score a couple. I think they're definitely a threat. But have you been watching Kai Havertz recently, Javier? Kai Havertz has five goals in his last six appearances. Kai Havertz is he's in as good a form is as you lot, know, anyone Alex? in the league right uh, now. Five in those last like, six. We have like three or four players who are you know, doing that, you know? Yeah, but Javier, for us, with our midfield and our defense, you know, we've got to rest Rudiger in this Norwich game today. He'll be back on Sunday. Uh, our defense and our midfields, you know, we win those battles with, with Newcastle, so we control the game. You just add in even like a player who's playing decently up top, and we're like. We're I think a good it's going to be a great game. And you guys always have trouble with Newcastle at the bridge. No, we don't. We have trouble with Newcastle usually away from home. If the, if this fixture with all of these circumstances was like exactly the same, except the fixture was flipped to St. James's Park with how well they're playing right now, I would be fully on board. Though we'll be lucky to like nick a draw here, sort of like right. argument. I, I bet against Chelsea last week. I looked ridiculous, so I'm not yeah, going to do it so now. I, I, I'm going to say I need to two warn you one anymore, Chelsea. Javier. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be. You know, not easy. I yeah, again, I agree. I don't you. think it's going to be easy either, but I think and, we uh, win three two. Also, it could Javier, be like a one one. But I'm gonna I'm gonna evoke Chelsea. the same thing I said about Brighton earlier in this pod. I think Newcastle they're not necessarily you know fully home and dry, but I think with this most recent run, I wouldn't be surprised if their players just like you know dropped their focus a little bit. Like they're th- they're on thirty one points. You know the the relegation teams are on like twenty one, nineteen, and seventeen. You know, so I, I wouldn't fault these players for, you know, kind of, you know, losing their focus a little bit. And, you know, maybe they'll, they'll go on another run, like to fully close it out uh, uh, later in, in the season. But this Chelsea away game, this is going to be where their uh, unbeaten streak comes to an end. I'm uh, going to confidently say that with my chest. 3-2. The rest of those 10 a.m. games on Sunday will be Everton versus Wolves, uh, Leeds hosting Norwich in another uh, big relegation battle. Uh, Southampton hosting Watford and Aston Villa going to West Ham. Do you want to talk about any of these games? I mean, there's something to talk about in all of them, but don't exactly have time for every single one. I guess Leeds Norwich is kind of, I mean, it's a, that's a relegation six pointer, right? Yeah, for sure. Leeds just lost three nil to Villa at home today. Norwich, I feel like Leeds you know, are, are pretty big danger of losing here. Going out. Well, they're they're in sixteenth right yeah. now. They're in sixteenth right now. They uh, don't have any wins in their last five that I can see. They're on twenty three points, whereas Norwich are on seventeen. So maybe, so yeah. I mean, Norwich need a win, probably more even more than Leeds since they are bottom. But if they win that game, they'll go above Watford, who would have nineteen still if they lost uh, their game at Southampton. 
but it would more so be a big deal that like Leeds would, I mean, they're already down in the relegation battle, but it would really pull them into the relegation battle if they lost another game. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Norwich could fancy themselves to win that one and, uh, and get something out of that one. The other one that, that is, is, is Watford. I mean, Watford desperately needs something too here. Um, you know, they don't have like one win in 10, I think. So they're going to be desperate here. They're going to be at a go to Southampton team who, like you said, <clears throat> their forms cooled off a little bit. You know, these last couple of games, two losses versus Newcastle and Villa, using losing four nil to Villa and two one to Newcastle at home. So if Watford and Norwich can like get a couple of results here, they could put a ton of pressure on Brentford, Leeds, Everton. They could make the relegation fight really fun. So I'm rooting for those teams to get a result. I don't know if they will, but it would be fun if they did. Don't lie to me, Javier. You're rooting for those teams so that they can stay up and Arsenal can continue to beat them. Oh, I love Watford and Norwich in the Premier League. Please <laughs> relegate Everton and uh, Burnley and uh, Leeds. Yes. Do you guys have a tough time with Leeds? I feel like you usually do pretty well against no, 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 them. No, no, no. Keep Leeds in Brentford out. Yeah, I don't want to see Everton go down. Okay. The teams I would like to see go down are Norwich, Watford, and Leeds. That, that's my dream relegation group. I would love it. Let Frank stay up with Everton. Brentford stay up. I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're right, though. Those would be the best results to like keep the relegation battle interesting. But, you know, it rarely stays that interesting. There's usually one team that drops off. And I kind of like what I've seen from uh, Jesse Marsh. I know they haven't won any games yet but you know Bamford was on the bench for the Villa game maybe he can oh, start that's true Bamford being on the bench being back is pretty huge it's, yeah it's absolutely huge for them but I mean the, the bigger player they need back is Phillips if they get Calvin Phillips back then they might actually have a midfield again because right now they have Adam Forshaw and you know what's his name Click and Robin Cock and players like that you're like these these aren't good Premier League quality midfielders uh yeah, that's a huge game during that 10, 10 a.m. time slot. Uh, so is the Everton Wolves game, frankly. Uh, I mean, they're Everton, like you said, the 5 0 loss to Tottenham was a huge blow to them. Like, they have to get wins in these home games. You know, I know Wolves is a tough one, but they, they just have to figure out a way to win it because it, it's, getting, it's getting scary if you're an Everton fan now. Um, but that's also one to watch out for in the 10 a.m. time slot. But uh, Sunday at 12.30, your boys, Arsenal, you'll be playing Leicester. Are you worried about that one at all? They've, I know they're not in great form, but they've Leicester have kind of revived it a little bit. The win against Burnley, they won today in the uh, Conference League against Wren. No, I'm not worried about Leicester because we have been phenomenal at home. Leicester have kind of been like a, our, we've been a bogey team for them. For some reason, they we always play well against Leicester, or they'd play badly against us. And just the way that we're playing right now, I think we're going to have a solution for them. Um, I think. Well, it's let's just talk about Liverpool this one. Game. Yeah, I like, think the let's talk game about this one in tandem with the Liverpool game because you guys will have that Leicester game at home on Sunday at twelve thirty p.m. and then Liverpool at home Wednesday at four fifteen p.m. Uh, so I, I tend to agree with you. I think the Leicester one, it might be difficult for you guys. I, th- I feel like you still like eke a win, though, and win it like 2-1 or maybe even 3-1. But the Liverpool game, are you are you happy with a draw there? Are you happy with like, or are you expecting to win that because you're at home? So from these, Latin, like from these next three games, which I talked about, the 
this Liverpool home game, Leicester home game, and the Villa away game, I'll be very happy with six points. And honestly, four points isn't the end of the world. Like, five points isn't the end of the world. Like, if we get... Yeah, I don't... I mean, I'm just... These these are really hard games. As long as we don't... If we don't lose any of them, I'll be extremely happy. If we lose one, the Liverpool game, it's fine. Like, we're allowed to lose a couple more games this season. This is probably the one game that I'm... I'm not expecting us to get anything out of it. Liverpool are so fucking unreal right now. You know, like... The, the entire team is just they weren't, playing they weren't such great a high against level. West Ham. They, they they weren't great. West Ham had good chances. I know they they eventually won it one nil, but but it really then, is it really then is they the, lost in the Champions really League the biggest to test for us. You know, because if we want to get to that level of a Champions League team, and if we're going to play in the Champions League next season, we have to show up against teams like Liverpool at home. Um, we have to not get blown away, and we have to at least not lose the game. Right? I think if we tie, we can hold our heads high and and. Be like we tie, drew one of the best teams in the world. If we like just barely lose, it's it's gonna be very disappointing, just like it was with City. So, like we felt like we wanted, we should have beaten City, and hopefully this game is not the same. Where like we feel like we should have won, and Liverpool end up winning. Um, I'm gonna say we beat Leicester two one, and then draw Liverpool one one. Okay. And I guess we'll get to the uh, Villa away game when we preview that next week. Uh, but no, you're, you're right to look at those three games and think, you know, like one loss maybe in the Liverpool game, somewhat acceptable as long as you don't lose either of the other two. Yeah, and, like if we draw you know, the Villa away game, lose Liverpool and beat Leicester, it's not the end of the world. We'll still be in right. top four most likely. So considering the, the form of the other teams and the, the gap that we already have on Tottenham, so... We have six points on hand in hand to them with equal games played. The the thing that's most damning to me about your your chances of getting any kind of result against Liverpool was I, I was honestly looking at that second leg of the Carabao Cup that game when yeah you didn't have I guess Jaka was suspended and Partey was just coming back from the African Cup of Nations so those are two big misses that have like since come back into the team and stabilized your midfield but Liverpool were missing you know Mane Salah like they we literally like just, just had Sambi by himself in midfield we also didn't have Tomoyasu Tierney wasn't fully fit the but a couple of players had just come back from COVID like like I, I don't and it was a care about cup I don't give a fuck about that game this is a yeah I just kind of I thought to myself situation. like that was the game you guys could have targeted to like beat them and get yourselves to a cup yes, final yes, and then yes. I was just but disappointed with like how I, it me too, played out me too but I feel like this is a completely like different Liverpool's situation. backups just came and at slapped home, you up at home in front of our fans this if we beat this Liverpool team it would be a huge statement right like we'd be yeah we'd absolutely be, we'd be we'd be coming into hot coming into top four at that point like so I. You know, I'm not hopeful that that's going to happen because the form of Salah, Mane, Luis Diaz, you know, Yota's back from injury. You know, Liverpool are fucking Robertson and Trent are gods right now. They have all the top assisters and goal scorers in the league. Yeah, I go. I could go on about Liverpool, but did you give the prediction for that game? Yeah, I said one-one, which is, uh, even like two-one Liverpool is probably not a not a bad shout. But I'm, I'm going to say one-one. I don't think we win that game, but. I think it's going to be close. Very, I'll say close. 3-1 in the Leicester game, and then you lose 2-0 in the Liverpool game. 
Yeah. Could happen. All right. Rewinding back to Monday, uh, Crystal Palace will host Manchester City Monday at 4 p.m. The reverse fixture of this one was a Crystal Palace win at the Etihad, uh, I think back in October or November. So, you know, obviously it's been a minute uh, and Manchester City have uh, improved a lot since then. Uh, But, you know, you think uh, Crystal Palace have any chance of giving City another uh, another stumbling block here in the Premier League? Or uh, is it just going to be another routine Manchester City win? Well, I tried predicting City to be bogeyed by Manchester United, and then they absolutely annihilated them. So I don't know what to do with City right now, Alex, because every time we say that they can't possibly drop points, they drop points. And then every other time they pretty much win. So I'm right, going to guess this is here. one of those times where they just win. Okay. Well, I was going to say, here's the deal. To make up for this you know, enigma that is predicting Manchester City's form, this time you're going to predict City to win, and I'm going to predict a Crystal Palace draw. I'm going to say 2-2. Because Conor Gallagher is, uh, you know, he's a menace. He's a menace to society, Javier. He was... I don't think many people watched the uh, Wolves away game last week, but Palace just, they were way better than Wolves. At Molyneux, they outperformed them. Gallagher had uh, a great ball that helped set up the the first goal uh, for for Palace. And, you know, they held on from there and got a clean sheet away from home at at Wolves. So they'll be pretty confident. They haven't, I don't think they've, they wouldn't want to have played for more than a week. uh, So they'll have plenty of rest. Yeah, I think they can manage a two-two, and you know that makes the 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 title a lot more interesting, and, and maybe maybe could affect you know how Liverpool perform in that uh, Wednesday game if they see that Manchester City drop points in the Monday game, and the, the lead is all of a sudden down to four. Liverpool yeah, will be I mean, looking Crystal at that Palace Arsenal game. Crystal Palace have only lost one game in their last five, and that was to Chelsea without Conor Gallagher. So yeah, that was right last, at the end. That was right at the end games, of the game they, too. Uh, they they beat a. a Good Wolf side, 2-0 at away from home. Drew 1-1 with Burnley. Beat Watford 4-1 also away from home. I still think, honestly, if this was at the Etihad, I'd probably give them a better chance. So I'm going to well, say... Yeah, they already won at the Etihad. They're, they're still good at home, yeah, though. Yeah, but I'm you don't saying, think City think are going to want revenge here? Like they, they, they're not going to they're not gonna draw points twice to Palace in the season. I'm going to say 3-1 City. Which is like respectful because I think Palace scored. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying we're hedging be our fun. bets here. Yeah. Because the t- the times that you and me both go, yeah, City win easily, and then they drop points to like Southampton. I- I'm hedging this. Like you can you can have the easy City win. I'll predict the uh, the draw, and you know, ah, one of us maybe end up Alex. being right. I'll bite it. You know, I'll bite the Connor Gallagher sized bullet. Uh, Wednesday, another of the well, two games going on on Wednesday outside of that uh, Arsenal Liverpool game. Tottenham will go to Brighton, a fixture that they usually have difficulty with. Uh, That'll be at 3.30 p.m. and then the Arsenal-Liverpool game will kick off at 4.15. I I guess there's a lot to see from both these teams when, uh, you know, Brighton hosts Liverpool over the weekend and Tottenham go to Manchester United. Uh, The the, the results there may, you know, spur a a kind of reaction from from either team. But I, I could see Tottenham maybe... I think you said you picked them to get a win at Old Trafford, right? Like I could easily see Tottenham, like if you're right, them winning at Old Trafford and Brighton losing at home to Liverpool and then Brighton, you know, bouncing back with like a win against Tottenham in this one. That just seems how things kind of go for Tottenham at the moment. And 
I mean, again, that could be completely flipped on its head. Yeah, if like, I agree. Right. So I think if, if they do get a result against United, then, yeah, they probably go out and draw Brighton like nil-nil or something stupid like that. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think they're a little bit Jekyll and Hyde until they can prove that they're consistent. I'm not going to be horrified of them. because But right now, Kane's he's looking consistent, man. He really is. So... Uh, I, it's, I think it's not the attack for Tottenham I worry about. It's a, still their defense. Right yeah, it's true. I'm not even going to give a prediction for that one because I ne- I'd need to know what the uh, both teams' results over the weekends would be. Uh, two other teams that will be uh, playing twice in the Premier League in a week will be Everton and Newcastle. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to preview this one next week because we don't know when exactly we're going to be recording, but that'll be Thursday at 3.45. That's, you know... St- kind of teetering on the edge of being a relegation six-pointer. Like I said, Newcastle are kind of out of it now, but it's an, it's a home game for Everton, and Frank Lampard needs to win it. Both these home games, the Wolves game and the Newcastle game, I'd argue Frank needs four points from those games. And if, if he loses both, then all of a sudden it's panic mode at Everton. You could argue it's still it's kind of panic mode now for Everton, but... These two games, home games that they should be getting points from against difficult opposition that are both playing pretty well, uh, they need to muster up something. Do you, do you trust Everton to do it? Do you think they'll end up avoiding relegation in the end? I mean, I think they have too much quality in the squad. They're, believe it or not, they're the like like you said, they have the highest wages outside of the top six. So I mean, it's going to be really hard for them if they don't get some results here and stay up. I mean, if they go down, it would be it would be disastrous. They, it'd be the the amount of players they would. Yeah, lose, they're building the, a brand new stadium right on the right on the the docks too. Like they're building that they built that stadium with the intention of like going up into becoming a Champions League. Their team. owner, like their owner, like poured in money to get signings. I mean, but they went and spent forty million on Alex Awobi, and they're paying him one hundred and twenty thousand a week. You know, I mean. When you have Alex Awobi on 120000 a week and you have, you know, Richarlison on 150000 not that he's not a great player, but it's just like he's not giving you 15 goals a season, which is what a player who's on 150000 a week should be. So when you have players on such high wages and they're not producing, or Sigurdsson, you know, he's on, I think, 120000 130000 He's not even playing. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They've so got just so many players that are just season. rotting. You know, Andre Gomez came from Barcelona. He's on a hundred thousand a week. You know, they just they got a bunch of players that are on just insanely high wages. You know, they're paying these guys way more than what the the market value for them is, and they have a ch- team chock full of those players. They got a couple of youth players thrown in there, like Mason Holgate and and you know um, Davies. He's, and, not, he's not much better. <laughs> yeah. But again, like that's what I'm saying. They don't have that much to quality right now, and they have a bunch of overpaid players who are probably looking uh, have one eye out the door right now, thinking, "Where am I going to go right now?" You know, telling their agent to to shop them around. So dark times at Everton right now, man. Frank's really got to focus his squad in and, and get them focused. I think they, I think they kind of fail this week, but not as badly as some uh, may speculate. I think they may get two draws from these two games. They may draw Wolves, which would be huge if they could manage that. And then, depending on what, what happens to Newcastle in that Chelsea game, they'd do well to even manage. To, Everton would do well to manage even a draw in the Newcastle home game, like like right after that, it, which wouldn't really help them that much. Two points, it's something, but you know they need wins at this point. So, uh, I'll, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried for Frank, man. I'm worried he made the wrong move. 
He should have stayed away from that toxic ass club. They have no. Yeah, it good was such defenders. a risky move in his career because if it if it fails here, like you feel like he needs to go back to the championship or something, or you know, they're like it, it's almost like he can't. He's not meant for the Premier League. Where, which was a similar thing with Arteta, where like Arteta going his first job into Arsenal, if he failed at Arsenal, and or fails, you know what I mean. If this season he fails and he gets fired, he's not going to get another big job probably for the rest of his career until or maybe a long yeah, time down the true. line. He, he, he yeah, would yeah. probably get like a mid level job. He would get know, a mid level like job, maybe. but for Frank right now, if he fails, it's it's like it's like a risk where he's going to you know have to go back into the Championship, you know. You know, maybe a Premier League team will take a shot on him, but yeah, just I I think it's going to be really hard for Frank to to get these players to focus and and to get them out of relegation here. All right, well we should wrap things up there. Javier, thanks for jumping on this one. With you can follow Javier on Twitter at JavierRev9. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at asmoss92, and you can follow the podcast socials at GhostGoalPod. Just got me thinking uh, whether you would uh, want to do a. Uh, Instagram live over the weekend for uh, Manchester United Tottenham when that uh, finishes. I don't know. We can talk about it off pod, but uh, yeah, I, I say follow the uh, podcast socials because uh, I'm going to try and get back on the train of doing a full time, uh, you know, instant reaction on the Instagram since we don't usually get to, you know, recap the games on this. We're usually more focused on previewing. So uh, follow the Ghost Skull podcast on Twitter and uh, keep an eye out for those around the full time of the weekend's marquee matchup. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please go ahead and uh, rate and review the pod. Uh, Ratings and reviews help new listeners find the pod, and we'd really appreciate if you guys helped us grow this thing a little bit. So enjoy the games this weekend, and until next time, see ya.